0: Sports Charlotte is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Find out more at QueenCityPodcastNetwork.com. dot hey, Welcome back to Sports Charlotte. I'm your host Ashley Mahoney, Herb White, our editor in chief. My co-host is not with us this morning, but don't worry, he will be back soon. And joining us today, we have Charlotte native, professional soccer player, goalkeeper, player, Brandon Miller. How are you?
1: I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having me on the podcast.
0: Absolutely. And hey, we're caffeinated. Not <laughs> water. We're good. We'll roll this beautiful Saturday morning, despite whatever is going on outside. A little, little dreary, a little gray, a little typical mid-office in Charlotte. You never know what you're going to get. But you guys see the plenty in it tonight. And I know that it was a late one. Exactly. So you're praying for no, no storms, no lightning. Just let us get the full 90 minutes in move on to the next one so tell me a bit about you know being this far into the condensed USL championship season the 16 game regular season your five games in what aside from the the obvious parts that are very very different about a normal season what are some of the biggest differences with heading into this condensed USL championship regular season Uh, I think it's just getting
1: used to the lack of you know, training. Um, I mean we, we have obviously we're not playing every single day but you know it's it's hard to get you know the consistent training sessions in that you're used to um, and the the time you have to improve on certain things. Um, because now you know we're played Wednesday, you know, you know, typically have a hard session after after the day after a game and then the day before a game you don't typically have a hard session and here we are game day now. So um, you don't have a lot of time in between games to really correct things on the field uh, that you want to. So you have to depend a lot on video sessions, a lot on just communication between players and the coaching staff, understanding what went wrong and and how we can fix it and not necessarily being able to do it on the field as much as as you would like.
0: That being said, you guys played... Your second match back at Birmingham, was so a 4-1 loss, and then turn around, played them again this past Wednesday night, held them to a one-all draw at the Sportsplex at Matthews. Like you said, there's not as much time for training, so the quite significant difference in a 4-1 result versus holding them to that one-all draw, what were some of the biggest differences between those two matches?
1: Uh, just a, a much more focus on on the defensive side of things. Um, We really had a discussion about what we needed to improve uh, after that match. I mean, even after the Memphis match where we gave up two goals, uh, there were things that needed to to be improved. And so, giving up six goals in in the first two games back uh, just wasn't ideal. And so, We we really had to look at what defensively starting up front and all the way you know going all the way back to me what we need to improve on uh, the communication aspect the the movement aspect as we as we shift as a team um, how we can improve the little things the little individual mistakes that
0: that lead to a lot of the goals that we're giving up and you have a consistent backcourt throughout the stretch. But you also have a lot of games coming up in the next month and a half. It'll be four for the rest of the month, seven heading into September. I mean, whichever league you're playing in, in any part of the world, that's a lot of playing in a very short amount of time. How do you expect Coach Jeffrey to perhaps make alterations to line up, perhaps get some of the younger guys in, or will it be more of a matter of all right? Just see how everyone's feeling, and if it's working, keep it.
1: Uh, I think, I mean, I think it's got to be a mixture of both. I think you look at uh, who's performing well and you don't really want to overload them and, and really, you know, break them down too early in the season. But at the same time, you don't want to break that rhythm. You look at Dane who scored three goals in, in the past three games and then he's doing well, uh, performing well up front. You know, it's, it's about managing his, his workload as well as keeping him in the rhythm so that he can continue to score and continue to perform for the team. Uh, but we also have, uh, a good number of guys who can step in and, and uh, contribute to the team. So, uh, it's just a matter of, like you said, we've got four games and in, in the next what, 15 days, um, I'm sure there will be some changes, but it's, it's having confidence in those guys to step in and, and do the work necessary to, to, get the results.
0: Obviously you are a veteran leader with the squad, you know, the league inside and out, but you also have young guys and who are really just getting their first taste professional soccer through the USL championship. How are you seeing them adapt to this level of play? And are there any particular areas you'd like to see them improve despite having a very interesting set of circumstances to do it in over the next month and a
1: half? I think the, the young guys have done well uh, to come in and, and main thing is confidence. Um, being able to do it in practice is one thing and being able to do it uh, in a game against a uh, a quality opponent is another thing I think that uh, you see the way him uh, came in last year um, versus where he's at now I think there's been a lot of growth there in terms of his confidence on the field and his ability to connect with players and go at players and create things uh, so I've, I've been happy for him and proud of him for his development there I think the, the main thing for the young guys and you can look at it last game we gave up a goal in the 93rd minute uh, when we're a man up and we're uh, one goal up uh, I think you know we can manage that game better uh, to get our first win since coming back, and to get our first shutout since coming back. So, I think a little things those are, those are little growth areas that that can uh, can still be improved on. I think we you know we managed that game. We get out there with a one zero win, a big win for us and a big three points. So, uh, hopefully we can we can learn from that experience and, and learn how to manage games better uh, towards the end.
0: Of course, she's been very active throughout the I hate to call it the season suspension. If you will, from March until now, and of course, you know, community advocacy is something that is very important to you as well as to you, your teammate, center back, Keith Roberts. But tell us a bit about you know what you've been doing off the pitch, particularly with groups like the Young Investor Society, like Hill Charlotte, and just how you're making sure that your influence isn't only felt you know on the pitch for ninety minutes, but off the pitch as well.
1: Um. Yeah. So. I guess originally, I got involved with. I'll start with Heels Charlotte. I got involved with Heels Charlotte uh, because I live, I, mean, I live over near Camp North End, and if if anyone's familiar with the area, that's pretty close to where what many people refer to as Tent City, um, where a lot of the the homeless in this area uh, in Charlotte live. And you know, driving by that area every single day, uh, it, it started to take a toll on me, and I'm just. I was like, well, what can I do to help these people? What can I do to help them? Because a lot of these people look like me. You know, there's a lot of minority people in these, in these communities who don't, don't have the resources. Um, on, on Juneteenth, actually I was at, uh, I was at a, a rally uptown. And I heard Greg Jackson, the founder of Heal Charlotte, speak. And I just knew that was an organization I wanted to be a part of. And so I reached out to him. We, we connected. We had conversations. Um, and I just wanted to see what I could do as a professional soccer player, as the black man, as a, as a native of this community to, to help amplify his voice and to help his organization grow. And so, you know, what we've been doing so far is just raising money every single game to, to help support them. Because there's a lot of things that they do within the community that people don't really know. Um, for example, they house they house families who need temporary housing, um, and that costs money, obviously. And so, you know, some of the money that we're raising goes towards that. Uh, they have an initiative where they want to purchase a, a motel uh, and develop that into low income housing, and uh, some some of the money is going to go towards that. We're working on a policy campaign right now uh, that's towards low income housing in the area and how we can increase those units to help the homelessness population, uh, in this area. So that's one organization that I felt was really big for me. That's, that's more so on a local level. Um, you know, being a Charlotte native. I want to impact this community. I grew up in as much as possible. And I think that's one major way that we can do that, uh, especially in in this COVID area area right now, that's causing a lot of, uh, issues in in terms of housing. Um, but also with the young investor society, I thought that was something uh, that was key for me personally, because I, I mean, I went to Charlotte Country Day, I went to University of North Carolina, and the first finance class I took was when I was a senior in college, and I don't really... I didn't really think that it was that beneficial for me at the time. Uh, Maybe it was I didn't pay attention enough, but um, I don't think it was engaging enough. And I don't think it gave enough real life information to where I could go out into the world and make the decisions. You know, I, I bought my first house back in 2017 and I didn't really know enough about the process to really feel comfortable with it, but I knew I wanted to, to purchase a, a property to have an investment, things like that. But um, if I can get that information out to kids at a younger age, uh, specifically in these at-risk communities, these low-income areas where you know, money may not be talked about as much as in in, you know, I went to Charlotte Country Day where a lot of these parents, a lot of these leaders are, you know, they're they're CEOs, they're they're prominent people in in big companies, you know, these are you have to think about the conversations that kids are hearing at home in those neighborhoods versus the conversations kids are hearing at home in lower income neighborhoods. Like there's there's different things that, that they're learning and so if this program can help these at risk youth you know learn more about financial literacy and then hopefully take that back into their communities to then grow businesses or or you know just instill this this uh, type of learning this type of education that can help them grow uh, i think it's just uh, it can be a massive success and so that's why i'm pushing this program so hard because i think it can be really impactful um in in a lot of communities in the charlotte area
0: at what point in your career or perhaps this is something that you always thought was you know, kind of a calling for you to be not just, yes, fantastic goalkeeper, do your job, and wonderful, but to really take that extra step of advocacy and say, you know, there are things that can be impacted by my presence in this sport. Here's a way to translate that um, onto a larger scale.
1: I mean, I would say I probably didn't realize my ability to make an impact um, probably until I maybe 2017 even 2018 um you know I've always wanted to do more uh specifically in terms of business but I never really knew what exactly I wanted to do or how I was able to do it and then I mean I can't really think of a moment where I was like hey this is this is what I need to do but um it just became more obvious to me that my impact was a lot greater than just on the soccer field um you know, my goal is to be the best soccer player I can be, but my my ultimate goal is to be the best person I can be. And in, in order to be the best person I can be, I have to I have to be able to impact other people's lives because I just don't feel like my life is really um, as meaningful if I'm not able to share the knowledge I have and share the, the resources and, and everything that I have with, with those less fortunate. Something that
0: you've participated in over the last several months has been you podcast back but he's had multiple Black Lives Matter episodes to really understand the perspective of what it's like to be a black American soccer player playing the game in this country or playing the game in, for instance, Germany or any number of places. But the unique experience, as well as other black coaches, but something I asked him about yesterday was, you look at the history of the game here and correct me if I'm wrong, but none of the levels here have ever had a black head coach. There's been, even with the independence organization, not to take anything away from the coaches and the staff there. But you see, it's, it's a lot of white guys. And that's something that just carries through, whether you're talking about the Eagles, whether you're talking about you know any number of clubs. You had Patrick Laca with Sometime, But in essence, that's it. Charlotte now has a major league soccer franchise, and they're in the process of putting that staff together, and thus far, as a whole, all of their hires, they have two people of color. What do you want to see with this organization that, for all intents and purposes, has a clean slate? They don't have any historical things to fall back on and say, oh, these people have always been here. This is just how it's been done. What do you want to see from them going forward as a reflection of, true reflection of the game as they start in 2022.
1: I think it's just got to be a reflection of the community, and I'm sorry, no, community, and the Charlotte community isn't just the so bad. So um, I think that your your organization, whether it's your players, whether it's your coaching staff, your technical staff, the front office, that has to be a reflection of your community and who's represented in your community. You've got a large Hispanic community, you've got a lot of black communities, minorities communities, and different pockets all around Charlotte. Um, as well as, as well as a, a large white community. I mean, you do have to have a representation for for those communities, and it's not just a representation, but you, you've got to be able to empower those people to make decisions within your organization which are going to impact your organization and ultimately impact the community. So um, it's not simply just hiring a, a ticket salesperson, a black ticket salesperson, to, you know, go make phone calls to the black community. Um, you know, how are we empowering those people to make decisions that'll ultimately impact the black community in a positive way on the soccer side as well as just in general? Um, so that's that would be my hope for an organization that's building within the Charlotte communities that they're gonna actually represent the community as a whole.
0: And pivot a little bit back toward tonight's next four games going forward. One What's your prediction for the result tonight? And two, how does the club finish over the next four games? Is it a four-game win streak? I mean, that would be ideal, of course. But if you could pull out your crystal ball, how do the next four games go? I think
1: we build on what we uh, our results on on Wednesday. Obviously, giving up the 93rd minute goal wasn't ideal. Uh, we played well in large stretches for their win since coming back and our first shutout since coming back um, um and then with a week break I think we we have some time to you know adjust any kinks that we have moving forward and uh and we go into Miami feeling pretty confident uh, I, I, I feel confident that over the next four games we can we can uh you know, collecting a, a number of points, a number of points. We um, have to really play Miami and CFC and Birmingham, if I'm correct. Um, and so, it's what, three of those, three of the next four games being at home uh, and in, you know, obviously there's no fans around, but in an environment that we're comfortable in Uh past two games at home, we've we've gotten at least a point. So I feel confident that we're going to end, we can end the month um, with at least a, a few wins.
0: Hey, okay. it would be the first one since the season opener in March at Sporting KC2. So much success with not only tonight, like I said, fans aren't allowed, media isn't allowed. I'm bugging you all a lot more via <laughs> Sports Charlotte, which we look forward to. We appreciate your time. As always, Brent. tell people how they can with you, with your brand, parent focused goalkeeping, and what's the best way to contact.
1: Uh, I'm honestly getting a contact with me. My personal social media, Prime Focus GK uh, on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook. We've got a YouTube channel as well. And you can head to the website. You know, we had different blog content every single day www.primefocusgoalkeeping.com you can check out the blog you can check out some of our training videos Uh, I just added a new uh, apparel shop which we're pretty excited about and we just launched a new new line of goalkeeper gloves uh, the prime focus cyclone so you know you can go check us out on there you can reach me you can reach out to us on there as well um, there's a contact form, so there's there's plenty of ways to get in contact with me. Um, I'm pretty pretty reachable and all. I I uh, respond to pretty much everyone. So uh, just any any time you guys want to check us out, follow us, um, or ask any questions, just reach me anywhere. Fantastic and
0: as always appreciate your time. And make sure that if you have not already subscribed, that you go over to the CharlottePost.com, click on the TCFC tab under sports. Basically any QCFC story. You will find a link there where you can subscribe to our Tuesday morning newsletter. And gosh, we've done 30, we're pushing 40 with all of these, which is hard to imagine because that means that from the beginning of 2020, we're over halfway there. We're talking middle of August. It's August 15th, for crying out loud. (laughs) But until then, make sure that you subscribe to Sports Charlotte on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, go find us, do all fabulous things. And until next time, I'm your host, Ashley Mahoney. Thank you for joining us. Sports Charlotte is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Find out more at queencitypodcastnetwork.com.